Welcome to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I'm joined with my lovely wife, Mel, and I'm going to introduce myself again on this one. It's Joe, and after we get through the seven elements of Strong Family Path, we'll tell you a little bit more of the backstory, a little bit more about us, but now we want to make these episodes about you and what you can do now to make a impact in your family this week. Read us in, Mel. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising independent, confident, and resilient children in a strong family environment. Today we're diving into the evening debrief. This is Mel's specialty. So in a moment, I'm going to zip it except for the witty banter and let Mel run away with the actual strategy of the evening debrief and why she insisted that this one goes on the strong family path. We spent a lot of time going through what are the core elements, and I love to cut things down to three, four, five. We just couldn't do it. She insisted that we get seven on there, and she has a great reason why and why it's important momentarily. But to remind you of the rule of the show, if you're listening along or you're watching on YouTube and we give you some value, pause the video, write that value down, and write it in a comment and press enter. You can go to the website, strongfamilyproject.com and send it to us. You can put it in a YouTube comment or a comment on whatever podcast platform you're watching on. We'll check it out because we're going to go ahead and use those to teach further lessons. We can do a lot of lessons on evening debrief, core values, but we want to know what's resonating and what questions you have. That feedback will let us customize this process for you to make sure you're getting what you need. And so we're eliminating a lot of the friction for you between what do we want to do? How do we do it? What's Where do I, we get answers? We're happy to guide you along that path. So with that in mind, please engage. Please engage in the process. Please be intentional with the content we're giving you to put it into action. Ask questions when you have them. And the last thing I'll mention is the resource we have for you on strongfamilyproject.com, which is the full path summarized in a PDF. You can download it. And that'll be your guide, print it out. That'll be your guide to get you started. So without further ado, we're talking about the evening debrief. So I, this kind of happened organically. I don't think it was something as structural as a family meeting or setting up our values that we've talked about previously. This kind of happened by chance and I just noticed how important it was. So at the end of the day, I think we can all understand that we're tired. We're ready to go to bed. We're ready for the day to be over. Even after dinner sometimes, it's like I'm waiting for the day to end if it's been a long, rough kind of day. However, this piece of the day I think is so valuable. So when the kids are little, it's almost like a bedtime routine. So I still do that with my five-year-old. He takes a bath. I read him some books. We hang out for a few minutes. I sing him a song. He goes to bed. Well, don't just gloss over that. There's there's a portion of it that he is rambunctious during the day and this evening process calms him down and he knows exactly what to do when he gets himself all cozy in bed and he gets all the soft stuff around him that he's rubbing and it takes him from a state of high energy to a state of relaxation getting some rest and that's it's valuable so I don't want to just gloss over that no I shouldn't gloss over it I I think now that I have some older kids because our others are 11 and 13 and I've been doing bedtime routines for 13 years I think that's what made it seem maybe like 
it's not that it's less important. I think I'm just so, I've had so much experience with it. But yes, it does transition him into sleepy mode, which is really important. On that topic, <clears throat> give us an example in your 13 years of experience of a bedtime routine that wasn't ideal. Because that, we, we can empathize with a lot of families, but I want to bring it back to when we would try to get things going to bed and it just didn't work. And it is a huge stress point for a lot of people. Well, when you have babies and they're crying, or if a toddler becomes overtired and they just can't settle down, oftentimes things will just escalate. So the magic of the bedtime routine is that you have a set time. And I started this, I think, when they were like three months old, just because it helped me get the mindset of like the day's almost over, it's bedtime. And it cues you to know that there's a, there's a shift coming from the activity of the day to the common piece of the evening. So... I don't know if you could think of something else that came up, but I, I think once you start being consistent with that and you keep it, if you go over the time, oftentimes it can fall apart. So maybe on days when we were out and about, and you know me, I used to always try to be Ooh. home and never miss it because I loved the consistency of knowing my kid will be in bed by this time. <laughs> you didn't mess with those kids' bedtime. Like no, I We didn't. could be out having dinner with, oh, I don't know. We could We could be invited to dinner with... Michael Jordan himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and w out to lunch with Michael Jordan. And then one o'clock would come around, I'll be like, hey, we got to go. Kids need their nap time. Nap time. Now, we're not messing <laughs> with this nap time. Sorry, Michael. Nap time takes priority. Well, that's what kept me sane, you know? So once I put Everett to bed, which is a really a good process, and I really, really enjoy it. And I also try to keep in mind that I know that won't always last. So I, I try to keep that real special with him. Then I switch over to my older two. So Henry's 11, Logan's 13, and they are sitting in our, I guess our entertainment room, there's a TV in there. And they usually have showered, their teeth are brushed, and they just get, that's their time now to relax and calm down. And they know that they get to hang out in there for a little while and then go to bed. So it's that same transition from the activity of the day. And now they're kind of in their comfort zone. Everyone's on a chair with a blanket. Everyone's kind of cozy. And then we're ready to enter this evening debrief. And what's special about this is oftentimes at the end of the day, when they are in their comfort zone, that's when topics might come up from the day that might be more sensitive, that might not come up at the dinner table or on the car ride home from school. So the reason I started out by saying, you know, it's the end of the day, everybody's tired. Sometimes it's like, all I want to do is walk in there and say, all right, boys, I love you. Good night. And then walk away and go to bed or watch Parks and Rec with Joe, <laughs> and then go to sleep at nine o'clock, because we go to Five minutes with Joe. That's, that's right, Joe falls asleep, and then I watch the rest of it, and sometimes sneak in a second episode. That's against the rules. <laughs> go ahead. But I, I, I don't just walk away. So what I do is I sit down with them, and we do, as with a lot of our pieces of this path, I have kind of steps to how I manage this. The first step for us is I have a, a Bible app on my phone and we watch a little two minute video of someone explaining a Bible verse. And that's important to us as a family. And then once we listen to that, sometimes it'll bring up a little conversation. I will be reminded of a podcast I listen to that I can connect to it, or I try to teach them a little lesson. And then we move on to prayer time where usually Henry goes first and he explains what he's grateful for that day. Sometimes a topic might come up. I don't know if this is the same way at your children's school, but recess can often be the time when drama arises. It's the free time. It's the unstructured playtime, and that's when things 
uh, kids are experimenting on rules of games and kind of hierarchy and learning how to play. So it's reasonable that a lot of things come up outside the classroom as parents who want to talk. Let's talk academics. What's your academic? Well, sometimes their biggest learning happens when it's unstructured learning and they're trying to figure stuff out. That's right. So maybe some kind of drama happened on the on the soccer field that day at recess and Henry needs to discuss it and be heard and he has every right to be validated and heard. So he might sit there for 10 minutes and listen to listen to what he has to say and try to evaluate does he just want to talk? Does he want some problem solving? And oftentimes it will delve into the problem solving mode where we will discuss different ways to handle the problem. And again, just a reminder, this is the time of day where we are all tired and ready to go to bed. But I remind myself the value of this time, how special it is that the kids are willing to open up. And I actually have, well, I used to be um, a social worker for a couple of years after college before I had um, my second, Henry. And one of the most valuable things I learned was you'll be sitting there in a session with a, a parent or a child or whatever in a counseling session, and they're talking about whatever, and then the last five minutes come. They know the session's almost over, and then they bring up the big topic, the sensitive topic, the topic that really needs discussion, and we called it a doorknob topic because they're just about to touch that doorknob and leave, and then they bring in that really important topic. So that's kind of how I think about this evening debrief is that doorknob time where all you want to do is like, okay, the session's almost over. But this is when the, the meat and potatoes really comes out. This is what, when it, the good stuff comes. Well, good stuff, but the, the really important things that the kids are struggling with often. So I try to take that extra time and sit there and listen and provide the best direction and I'm not sure of the right word, but mentorship almost, just how to handle it. And we rely on each other. So Logan's there and Henry's there, and they sometimes help each other out and give each other some advice. So that's a really special time that can often be overlooked if you don't decide to step in that room and sit down and take the time. And once we kind of wrap that up and finish our, our prayer, the rest of us in the room, I then read, read them a chapter book. So this is also a special time. I know a lot of kids love to read on their own, and the kids do read on their own, but we just really enjoy it. I, reach, I try to read a chapter a night, it's actually something I learned from my mother-in-law. Joe's mom said she always loved reading to her boys. She did. Yeah. Wow. Wayside Stories, West Side Stories, oh, or Wayside yeah. High or whatever that was. And even when she visits, she'll like take over the reading. When I when she's here for a couple of weeks, she'll take over the evening reading because she enjoys that so much. And she even like flies flies books here from New York to Line, read to them. The Witch in the Wardrobe. That was a bedtime story <laughs> when I was growing too. up. Yeah. So we, we end... So it's almost like we start out with a nice Bible verse. We have this discussion that can sometimes get very colorful and emotional even. It doesn't happen every night, but if it, I want to be there in case it does happen. And then I close it out with reading a chapter of a book. And the funniest thing happens then when I come upstairs, and it might be 8.30, it might be 9.30. And Joe knows that if it's 9.30, that means some, some good mm. evening debrief stuff must have been going on. That means we're going to have something to talk about before <laughs> I can go to sleep. Yeah, then we have to have our parent debrief, uh. right? Um, so, what's that? Oh, thank you, Henry. After I read the book, I go to each kid and I look them in the eye and I tell them I love them and I give them a hug and or a kiss, and then I say I love you to Logan, and he'll say thanks, and then I'll say wait a minute. <laughs> and then now, now it's a joke between us. 
but I make sure I tell them I love them all the time and they say you say it all the time and I say well I never want you to forget so thank you honey for reminding me that is a very important part of that so that's my that's my process in the evening now here's a reasonable question that I had you did a good job of explaining it why don't you just have these conversations at dinner because at dinner it's still like the heightened time of activity during the day Plus, our five-year-old is there, and some topics just aren't appropriate to discuss in front of a five-year-old. And like I said earlier, in the evening, when you're kind of all cozy and rested, that's when you almost feel most comfortable to come out with these things. Um, I'm not sure if you, there's something else on your mind for, as a reason for that, but it almost seems like at dinner, there's too much other stuff going on, and the focus isn't simply on the deeper topics. We can use the analogy when we've created this strong family path to share with you and, and use with our children of a river that's going in a certain direction. The steps that we put on the path are to go with the natural flow of the river. Yeah, maybe we can nudge it a little bit one way by having conversations at dinner. Dinner is going to happen naturally anyways. It's the flow of the day, the flow of the river. The evening debrief goes with a natural time where they feel the most secure. They are they can check out of the day. All the stuff is done. They're warm in their bed. They've showered. They're relaxing. Now's the time that those questions and thoughts tend to come up. And we can't fight it. We can't damn the river, make it go a different direction. Hey, we, why don't we talk about that first thing in the morning? Like that's just, you're trying to swim upstream. It's just not going to end up working. So we want to create as little friction as possible with these things by putting some guidelines together for, for us and for you around when this stuff is going to happen anyways because you'll have these doorknob conversations you might as well be ready for them you're going to have dinner time you might as well have some structure on them you're going to want your kids to have accomplishments you might as well have a goal setting system these are all the natural flow the direction your family is probably going anyways and i think some parents wonder you know why doesn't my kid tell me things that are going on well maybe you're simply not asking the questions at the right time it could be that Right after school, they're totally out of it and are not willing to talk. Or at dinner, they're just starving and we have other focuses. So I think what the big purpose of this piece of the path and why I pushed so hardly for it to be the, one of the seven steps and not just left off was because it's an amazing opportunity and just try it. But you do have to, as an adult, be able to put aside the fact that you're tired. Maybe you still have work to do. Maybe you still have a workout to get to. You're telling me you're not going to take the stress of adulthood and put it on the children by saying, <laughs> you don't know what I had to go through today. I'm so tired. I still have this and that and this. And oh my goodness, I got to do all this before bed. Don't talk to me. You're telling me. <laughs> I am telling you. Wow. Okay. That's right. We have to be it emotionally immature as adults. To it is tempting and I'm using sarcasm, but that is the temptation to have those because that's a real and your willpower is drained at the end of the day and having some parameters around it kind of reguides you too to because this is very reasonable you could be exhausted you could have a lot to happen that they don't know and that one time where you shut them down was the one time they're willing to open up to you and then they've learned not to do it again yep and i think as we all know as parenting requires some sacrifice and sometimes it means that i come upstairs and joe's already sleeping and I'm like, man, I really wish I could have talked to him about this or I still had this on my mind. But that's part of being a, a parent. That's part of being an adult. We have to sacrifice that. And I have the ability to put it to the side until the next day. But I've accepted that. I've accepted that that is worth it. 
it's worth it to miss out on the time with him that evening because I allowed my kid to have the time to open up and, and talk. No offense, Bear. I love time with you. None taken because <laughs> we realized this was happening. What did we do to correct it? We then got up, get up earlier in the morning and we spent some time before the kids get up because we realized the evenings are not dependable in that way. Solved it like adults. We covered that in the morning mm -hmm. routine episode. I will forget to put that link in the podcast episode. You're an adult. Go to the podcast page <laughs> and, and click on the one that says morning routine. And we'll go over exactly why we created it. And it has to do with this lack of predictability around nighttime. We want this, this picture perfect evening of relaxing and reading underneath it, slightly dim light, closing the book and fall asleep. And that is less controllable than it is to set the alarm clock early and do the morning routine. But separate episode, now we're connecting the dots for you. And this is also, a, I think, important to understand that when you have different age groups in your home, so when the kids are little, you do kind of hope for that, that time, oh, when is it going to be the day that my kid sleeps through the night and I can have my nights back? But now we have a different age group. We've, we've grown to have an almost middle schooler and a middle schooler, and they require different aspects of our energy and our time. So just because now they sleep through the night, I do have that back, but I now am willing to sacrifice some of my evening because those times are really special and a lot of important topics and uh, just bond between us grows that way. There's a piece that a, a coworker mentioned to me that I thought was pretty powerful. A father who's very good at his insights and his kids are now to an age where he doesn't really do that. They, they stay up a little bit later than him. And sometimes they go out on dates. <laughs> like our podcast producer, Henry will be going on soon. Uh, <laughs> some, some year, some year soon. Uh, <laughs> the kids are in a different stage and he is very purposeful. And he calls, he's mourning the loss of that stage of their life where he can no longer do that for them. And that helps him appreciate the stage they're currently in a little bit more. And it's an interesting way to think about it. Mel has been doing the evenings with Everett. And at, once he's through, it's probably the end of those little cuddly pile of blankets, give the guy a hug and he falls asleep nights. Then Everett will be up to the stage that the other two are on. And the other two will progress out the stage and that stage will be gone and you're never getting it back. Ugh. Don't say that to me. I, that's what Mel says. But in reality, appreciating the saying that makes you appreciate it now. And, and the realization that time is limited. This is a very mature conversation to have that these things won't last forever. And so that helps you put aside that feeling of, oh, well, I'll just get it right next time. I'll get it right next time. I'll get it right next time. And all of a sudden that phase is gone. Got to well, get it right now. That reminds me of a country song. I don't know if it's by who it is, but... He says something like, you're going to miss this. Mm -hmm. And it's about his daughter. So he, she, she's little and then he's going to miss that part. And then she starts to grow up and she keeps rushing to the next thing. Well, I want to get married. I want to have kids. And he's like, just hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're going to miss this phase. Stop and appreciate this phase. And we don't want to simply just stop and appreciate. We want to stop and be intentional in each phase. So it's, I can sit there and say, oh, it's F so cute. But I also want to be intentional and make sure that I appreciate it and make choices and do actions that help them progress through each stage. You're right. Progress is natural. You can't pretend like it's not going to happen. It is good. How many years should they spend in the first grade? About one. <laughs> How many years? Is about, about two. How many years should they spe spend in middle school? About three years overall. How many years in high school? About four. 
Like these are real firm times. And I say about, I'm hoping for less, <laughs> not more, uh, but it could even go faster. And so putting some thought around that these phases are limited and there is stress with implementing. I'm not saying the strong family path is easy. We're trying to make it as simple as possible for you, but I'm saying it's worth it and it's worth it now. Right. You know, you love to say to me sometimes, Logan's 13. We only have five years left till he goes off to, to work or college or whatever of his choosing. And I don't like hearing that, but it's also a tough truth, which we covered in a previous episode that I need to make now. I have to put the most value into it now that I can while he's still here. My last comment on that was a conversation I was having with a friend of mine, Devin Gage, and he was talking about a project he heard called the 18 Summer Project, where that's about as many summers as you get with your kids. And he's trying to be intentional about planning each with his, his daughter, I believe, Cadence, and trying to be intentional. Like There is a finite amount of these things. We can't live like, we're always going to have summer vacation. Where are we going this year? Well, make it intentional about how many how many. In reality, how many do you get? And here with the evening debrief, just to bring it full circle, every evening you get this opportunity. Every evening, of course, until they're out of the house. So if it didn't work one night, do it the next night. If we made you sad or happy, hopefully we made you at least... Contemplative? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say, yeah, even sometimes out of sadness, you can get the urgency for action. So hopefully this is encouraging you to take action on these items and not just sit on them. When we get to through the seven steps of the path, we'll do a special episode on how we would take this and implement it in our lives. Now it's going to be a framework for you, but we're going to try to make it easier on what steps should you do next so we can get moving. But here's what you can do right now. I almost said meow for <laughs> my immature right watching super, super trooper days. Uh, here's what you can do right now, tonight. Try to make it a little bit more special when you put your kids to bed. That's it. Just try, try, try to make it a little more, more special and see what happens. And we'll work on the framework with you. And I'm ready to land the plane on this episode. Mel, what about you? I think I am. I think we've covered a lot. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe so you're getting each one piece of the content as we put it out. We will have some exclusive features on YouTube where the kids are doing podcasts and they're doing reaction videos to the things that we're telling. So you can see if we're full of crap or not, if the kids come on and they call our bluff or the lessons that they've learned and they've soaked in from each step of the process and how it's empowered their lives. Some of those features will land just on YouTube. So you can subscribe on your podcast platform on YouTube. Drop us a question if you have one. So that'll give us some direction in upcoming episodes. Thank you for watching another Strong Family Project podcast. Visit us over at strongfamilyproject.com. Get your free gifts. Get set up for success. Mm -hmm.